1: Climate Finance Week Ireland 2020. This year takes place from the 2nd to 6th November. This is the podcast series that we're going to do as we build towards uh, Climate Finance Week. I'm delighted and supported by AIB, the backer again of 2020's Climate Finance Week. My name is Stephen Nolan. I'm chairing Climate Finance Week Ireland 2020. And I'm here today in AIB headquarters in Dublin. And I'm with Sarah Norris, Head of Impact Investing with Aberdeen Standard Investments.
0: Thank you very much for having me here. I'm absolutely delighted to be in Dublin. Um, so I run the Global Equity Impact Fund at Aberdeen Standard Investments, and I work with our Head of Responsible Investment on creating all the impact research, as well as the stock selection with my, my co-manager, Dominic Byrne, putting together a portfolio of companies that deliver products and services that will have a positive impact, whether that's through social or environmental outcomes. Um, So the day-to-day role is really engaging with companies. it's, It's evaluating specific unmet needs. So that's how we focus our research. It's not just looking for is there a revenue exposure, but it's identifying different unmet needs in a country and seeing if companies really can address them through their products and services.
1: And Aberdeen Standard Investments, one of the big firms globally in the asset management. How big is Aberdeen Standard? How much uh, funds do you have under management? The global spread, if you, if you don't mind.
0: So that, that's a, um, a great question. We've got over 550 billion uh, globally, but 20 billion in sustainability-driven products. So like mine, impact-focused products as well as ethical investing and sustainable investing with some thematic investing in there as well.
1: Great. So actually that leads me to my next question. It's actually on the overall ESG agenda. So you guys will be perceived and are a leader in, in in the area of ESG. From your perspective, from your global leadership role and, and the clients you deal with on a daily basis, what are you seeing as the drivers of the ESG agenda, the actors, the pushes and pulls? I'd love to get your perspective on that, please.
0: It's been phenomenal uh, over the last six to to 12 months in terms of the the activism around ESG investing and how that's integrated within um, both an an impact process as well as just a standard uh, ESG process and standard investing. So we've seen a lot of demand from clients as well as regulation driving a broader agenda around social and environmental considerations with how companies are operating themselves. I think there's a greater recognition that companies need to really consider the beneficiaries and the stakeholders not just the end users of their products but also within their supply chains how they're run and companies don't just exist for shareholders anymore they exist for all the different beneficiaries that they will touch in the stakeholders lives who they will touch as well as the the planet as a key stakeholder Um, so I call it the David Attenborough effect quite a lot of people have seen his his programs and there's now more of an awareness around what's happening with climate change. It's not some far removed issue. We've all seen what's happened in Australia with the fires, the the climate issues that you've seen in Brazil with the Amazon fires, as well as in California flooding across Southeast Asia, also in Africa, it's becoming much more tangible. And we've also seen a a groundswell in terms of election results for green agendas and green parties, even here in Ireland with the elections.
1: Yeah, it is fantastic. And as you said, it is an agenda which I think the last 18 to 24 months in particular has very much picked up a, a lot more speed.
0: One hundred percent. I don't think that you can actually achieve any climate agenda, any social agenda without buy-in from asset managers. We we have trillions of dollars under management globally, and when you think about the Sustainable Development Goals and the amount that it's going to cost to actually achieve them five to seven trillion dollars annually, asset managers as well as corporates have a role to play. I, I think we forget sometimes that the Sustainable Development Goals and the agenda is not the UN's; it's ours, governments' committed to that our governments our elected governments therefore we as individuals own those sustainable development goals and we should be seeing our governments the companies in our our communities as well as ourselves and our our behavioral changes shifting to to really support the attainment of the goals.
1: So if we go a little bit deeper within the ESG agenda and into what you do on a day-to-day basis and and do it incredibly successfully uh, you are seen and you are one of the global leaders in the area of impact investing when I met you I think it was four years ago At this point, I can remember your your presentation and was very much linked to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And I know since then you've moved it on, you've created a product. Um, Can you actually give us a sense of the impact investment agenda and where you are now with that in your own journey and actually where you see it going in the next three to five years, please?
0: Well, I would hope that in the next three to five years, to start with the latter part part of your question, all investments are impact investments. I think you have to realise that every single investment has a negative and a positive investment. And the, the greater a focus that goes on to negative consequences unintended consequences as well as positive and consequences we start to then shift how we invest so my role has been to drive impact investing in an equity sense and we you're right we use the sustainable development goals because as an industry when you're talking about impact investing it's not an asset class it is a style and the, the phrase impact investing was coined by the Rockefeller Foundation so intentional investment to deliver financial return alongside social and environmental return but for industry we don't have a a consensus on what is social and environmental return we're still working on that so i think that is something that we need to evolve over the next three to five years at the moment the definition that quite a lot of asset managers and myself use is the sustainable development goals that's that's our blueprint for the world to say right these are the key priorities in terms of social or environmental issues that we should be allocating capital to Um, so then i'm looking for companies whose products and services help further some of those causes and really drive country-level progress towards the Sustainable Development Goals, acknowledging that the goals are global, they're for everybody, but they are applied differently in different countries. So what is relevant in Ireland will be very different to what's relevant in Kenya and the different applications. And so looking to identify companies that can drive country-relevant solutions to some of these goals.
1: So, within that, you've spent the last few days in Ireland. I know you're a regular visitor. We were fortunate enough to have you over during Climate Finance Week last year. And we had a roundtable with you, which was full of everybody trying to figure out what impact investing is, and what does it mean, as you said, for their firm. Uh, and I think that was one of the more successful uh, side events we held during ESG Day. So it was super to have you and hopefully be back this year. But being here, being a regular visit, and obviously with your colleagues here and as a big office at Aberdeen Standard here in Ireland, what is your perception of where the Irish market is? when it comes to ESG and within that impact investing, please. It's
0: been great to see a groundswell of support for ESG investment. So, Sitting around the table with you, what, four years ago, and then watching how the enthusiasm has grown. So it's not just your enthusiasm, which is contagious, but it's now everybody else that I've met is talking about ESG investing, whether that is an individual client, whether that is a pension fund, whether that is a corporate. I think there's an acknowledgement that this is something that has to come, and we have seen EU commitment and regulation is starting to trickle down. I don't think that the EU or any any country in the world can say, we've done enough, we've completed our journey, and and Ireland is included with that, there is more to do. But I think that there is now buy-in, that the fact that you don't have to sacrifice return, you don't have to make detrimental commitments, To actually have an impact whether that's through your lifestyle or how you invest these are small changes that are actually beneficial in some ways in most ways and i I think that that's been the most noticeable shift in in public support across different stakeholders and across different beneficiaries
1: and a regular visit to ireland dealing with clients here in ireland so if we get into a little bit more detail what are the top three things that are popping up for you that you're hearing on a regular basis when you are here that people are, are looking for access? Is, is, it, is it knowledge? Is it information? Is it deal flow? Is it products? What, what are you seeing? I think it's
0: access hmm? to, to different products. I think it's education around what types of products are available. Um, we don't help ourselves with ESG, SRI, impact, ethical. What's the difference? And, and what does that mean to the average client? And also cost to access these products, so making sure that they are accessible not just to your large pension funds, but to, to the average person on the street, and, and giving them the knowledge and the awareness that these products are accessible, they are available, and you don't actually have to sacrifice returns to, to be able to access them. Most of these products have very strong track records, and there have been studies that show sustainability-driven products actually have less risk. So you have less downside capture, similar, if not better, upside capture.
1: So that was a key point that you made, actually, when I first met you four years ago, was the sacrifice return. So that's not the case. So it's true now to say there's been far more academic studies, uh, big analytical pieces of work done on actually this is about... Yes, so de-risking you've seen, returns.
0: You've seen um, several studies from some of the large banks, Morgan Stanley, you've seen the Global Impact Investing Network come out with their annual survey to show that impact investments sh- deliver returns as expected. Um then, then my portfolio has been able to, to outperform its index. So you are seeing tangible proof points um, that you're not r- sacrificing return. And I think three, four, five years ago, you didn't have that. But now that we've got a track record, that's that's helping to convince people.
1: If I can ask a question on a personal level, uh, I know when I met you four years ago, was, it was obviously your passion towards this agenda and your commitment. You now have a very senior role with an Aberdeen Standard at a global level uh, in terms of impact investing. You have grown this product line. Uh, you've educated clients, as some of the issues you just discussed. This is something that you obviously get a lot of pleasure out of being involved in this space as well. And that was clear when I met you four years ago. Where do you hope to bring this over the next two, three years? And maybe it's unfair to ask as a personal, but maybe within Aberdeen as as a firm.
0: I think I'd say I hope all of our investments are impact investments so we've got a a program on at the moment to be able to report on the impact of all of our products both negative and positive so just to give you a sense of when you're investing in a company or a specific fund what impact are you having what negative impact are you having what positive impact are you having that's not to say they're impact products but it's giving clients that awareness that there are social and environmental benefits there's a double bottom line to every investment or there's maybe a negative bottom line to every investment that's not just financial. And so that in the next two, three years, I, I would hope to see more impact funds at Aberdeen Standard as well as within the industry. And I would hope to see better reporting standards for impact measurement. So at the moment, there's no consensus. We all report differently depending on what house you're, you're part of in terms of how you deliver impact. And I think that's a key barrier for clients is what, what does my impact report do versus a peers impact report and how do you compare them and as we can move towards consensus on how you report then you get that comparability.
1: I was fortunate enough to to attend just before Christmas the Aberdeen Standard um, Irish Annual Investment Conference here in Dublin. It was a huge success, many hundreds of different people in the room and Sustainable Finance Responsive Investment was a was the central theme uh, throughout the, 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 the afternoon session. My question and what really blew me away was the degree of expertise that Aberdeen Standard would bring from within Aberdeen Standard here to Dublin. And again, just the fact that this is the second time I've seen you in Ireland in the last four months. is just, again, points to the fact that you do see the Irish market as a potential growth area. You are assisting clients here. So just to dive a little bit deeper into it. Again, coming back to Ireland over the next year, will we, will we see you here again?
0: Definitely. Okay. Yes, definitely. I think myself, my colleagues, Amanda Young, who sits in the Responsive Investment Team, we're all very passionate about seeing Ireland progress. I think there is so much potential here and you want to continue encourage that. You want to continue to support that in whatever way you can, taking flights a- across with the carbon offset, I might might add. We're, we're very conscious about that. But but it's just a hop, skip and a jump over from, from Edinburgh. So it's very easy to get here and, and to continue to support and, and work with all the different stakeholders.
1: So, Sarah, just in terms of at a European level, we're seeing the European Commission, DG FISMA, really take a leadership role in sustainable finance. There's a lot of activities going on from the initial high-level expert group on sustainable finance a few years ago to the Action Plan for Finance and Sustainable Finance, which is now going to be developed in the second Action plan in the coming months to the technical expert group on sustainable finance, and we're really getting into taxonomy, disclosure, ESG ratings. It's a fantastic piece of work, and it's really setting the scene for Europe to lead on the sustainable finance agenda going forward. From your perspective within the market, what is, what are you? Do you have any comments on what the Commission is doing from a policy? Uh, perspective, please. It's
0: been it's been phenomenal to see, and I know there have been two Irish representatives to to that that taxonomy group and to the technical experts, which is amazing. That that's more than any other country has sent. So that, I guess that underpins the strong capabilities and potential in Ireland and, and that group and the work that's been going on around sustainable finance, providing definitions for the market, I think that's incredibly important so that we have a guideline, at least at an EU level, at, at not, if not a global level, in terms of what we should be reporting on, what we should be looking at around adaptation, mitigation, do no harm. It sets a standard because that I think is what asset managers need. We need a standard reporting framework, standard reporting indicators. So that reduces the the risk of greenwashing because that because clients have so many different options if you don't have some standardization if you don't have some Seal of approval or some credential, there is that risk of greenwashing or p- perhaps buying a product that doesn't quite sit, suit what you wanted. So, buying an ethical product rather than an impact product, buying a sustainable product rather than an ethical product. I mean, there are these big differences, and having guidance in terms of how we report, how we measure, and, and how we categorize, as well as how they are certified, is incredibly important.
1: So, if I can ask uh, just one more question, if I may, when we come to impact investing, can you actually give me an example? of what an impact investment looks like at the company level.
0: Definitely. So I'll give you an Irish example. So we've got a company called Kingspan, which I'm sure you've heard of. And Kingspan makes um, building materials and building componentry, insulation. And I don't think a lot of people realize this with the focus on agriculture, planes, cars, industry. But buildings are some of the most highest energy users and carbon emitters. Um, I think it's between 30 and 40 percent of total energy consumption and carbon emission globally. If you are able to better use your energy, if it not only reduces the cost for the consumers who are actually living in the building, but you're also reducing the carbon offset or carbon emissions from the building. And this is something that Kingspan is very much focused on, creating an environmentally friendly portfolio. So you're reducing that carbon footprint of, of, of the buildings that you live and work in.
1: It's been fantastic getting the examples from you what is impact investing. It's really super getting the, an example of an Irish firm that you are working with on this area, as you mentioned, Kingspan. Within within uh, your own fund, and I should have asked on, what is the name of the fund, where are you in terms of assets and management, and how is it different from others in the marketplace? And my last question is, are there any other impact investment funds in Ireland?
0: So my fund is the the Aberdeen Standard Global Equity Impact Fund. So it's a mouthful, um, but it, it's the the impact fund globally, and we we re- use a strategy where we follow the money. We rather than looking at revenue exposure, we're looking for an unmet need and a company investing behind that. So we start with investment, and we're really looking for companies who are investing to deliver products and services that will have an impact, and looking at companies that are going to have an impact in the future. So we're not backward looking in terms of what was your revenue last year. We're looking at where are you investing for the future and are you going to make a difference with that investment before we start to look at your revenue breakdown and ultimately then looking for a company, how they're reporting on their impact. Because we do believe if you're a mission-led business, if you have that intent to deliver impact, you should be reporting on it. Um, So we have about $80 million dollars Uh, under management across the strategy, uh, which is split between a European version and a US version. Um, I've got some fantastic peers globally. I I don't know that they have uh, Irish funds yet, but I think they probably will.
1: Sarah, that's been really terrific. It's been great to spend a few minutes with you talking about the whole area of impact investing. And again, just recognizing the global leadership role that you play in this area. It's super that you're in and out of Ireland on a regular basis. And as you said, supporting clients like Kingspan and many more within that space. We do hope to see you again back in Dublin for Climate Finance Week Ireland 2020, which this year is on between the 2nd to 6th of November. For me, just last thing to say, thank you very much. Uh, We're always delighted to spend some time with you and to uh, leverage off your leadership. So thank you, Sarah, and have a great day.
0: Thank you very much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure.